<laughs> I'm gonna need you to try doing that again. Why? So we can capture it on the microphone. <laughs> Stop crying and do as you're told. <laughs> you want me to count you in? And what? And. <laughs> Okay, that one, you can tell who actually listens to back to our episodes and <laughs> who has not listened to an episode in a long time, because that was closer to Under the Sea and the Monsters, Inc. theme song than it was to our podcast episode. No, no, no. I, okay, I'm pulling it out. You're like, but da 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 but da 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 and then you like go back into the under the sea, like. I think I'm just singing more instruments than like the melody. Maybe. I don't see how what I did was super different from that. I think it's yeah, because you like the the melody's like. No 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 no. So and then I sing the bass line right at the end. So the last two bars sound spot on. But I don't yeah, I don't know. Like how does the first part go? Like no, that is not what I'm doing. No, I'm no, I'm not saying what you're doing. I'm saying what I'm thinking how it might sound. But now I'm confused. Oh. I was right. So it goes. No, it doesn't go up. It goes. Okay, you play it one more time. Okay. I won't sing. I'll Don't just listen. sing over it. You are definitely listening to the bass line, and I'm listening to the horns because the horns at the beginning do go. Well, did you expect... And you're combining them and the bass. Yeah. I mean, did you expect anything else? I think, like, I wonder if I can turn up the bass a little bit in the mix of just the song, because it's really cool. It is. All right, let's start the episode for real now. Welcome back to Thanks for Participating, the show where we force each other to participate in all the things we separately enjoy, sometimes try new things together, and hope we find common interests along the way. I'm Josh, and I am joined by my trusted co-host, Sid. Glad to hear I'm your trusted co-host. Don't push it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trust is is earned, not given. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are going to be talking about... Two topics. It's a double feature. Genoa. Gender. 
，呃，我不是说错的，嗯，<笑>第一个呢就是 Utah Jazz，the <笑> the first or not not necessarily in order， but、uh, in the past we have recorded an episode about sports because Sydney is a lot more sports oriented than I am. Well, in the sense of watching like. Professional or semi-professional sports. Yes, in the sense of I pay attention to sports more、yeah. than you do. I I played a lot of sports growing up. I played soccer, basketball, baseball. I played sports growing up too. No,、uh, yeah, I'm not saying I in more so than you. I'm just saying I played sports more so than I watched sports growing up. And and you played sports as well as watched sports growing up.、Um, yes. And since we've been dating, and since we've been married, you have forced me <laughs> to pay attention to sports with you.、Uh, we live in a college town, and so we've gone to college football, basketball, volleyball games. And one of the sports that you、um, pay attention to the most is the Texas Rangers. Yes, sir. Who just won the World Series? I was going to say, what a good year to be a Rangers fan. Yes, yes, it is.、Um, I, on the other hand, partly because of you introducing me to sports, have gotten really into basketball, paying attention to the NBA, specifically the Utah Jazz, because、yeah. we live in Utah. And and growing up, when I did play、um, basketball, I played basketball when I was like eight or ten or something. No, no, no. It was it was younger than that. Maybe like seven. Okay, so I started with soccer, and it was like definitely kindergarten. So I was like six, and then it was like maybe first and second grade that I tried basketball. So I would have been like seven and eight or something. I can't remember. But the recreation basketball league here in Utah is called the Junior Jazz. Yeah, it's sponsored by the Utah Jazz. Right, and each year that you did the Jazz, they would always have like a jazz workshop where a player. Would come to the city and do like like a workshop or drills, and they, you'd like like he would teach you how to do layups, and then he, you'd play like a round of lightning with the jazz player or something. And I'm pretty sure one year might have been Darren Williams, and another year might have been Paul Millsap. But anyways, it was like when I was playing, it was the for those of you who are NBA inclined, it was during the Carlos Boozer era,、um, like Carlos Boozer. Carlos Boozer, Darren Williams, Paul Millsap, those guys. You're just dating yourself, Josh. Isn't that what we're supposed to do?、You、Telling everyone how old you are, or how young I am. Other people, like when they were growing up, they were looking <laughs> up to、uh, Thurl Bailey or Pistol Pete. I don't even remember、uh, what his last name is because my knowledge doesn't go back that far. I thought you were referencing the guy from Parks and Rec.、Uh, what's his name? It was Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete DeCelio is a resident famous in Pawnee for his. Dunk that beat Eagleton. Well, that's funny because yeah, the one of the, one of if not the best player to ever play for Utah Jazz is Pete Maravich, and his nickname was Pistol Pete. Okay, that's so funny. Anyway, I was saying some people grew up、uh, knowing Pete Maravich or Thurl Bailey or John Stockton, Carl Malone. Yeah, that's all I ever heard growing up was Stockton and Malone, but like. I was not. I mean, we were not in like the Stockton and Malone era. It was just like, oh man, remember the good days when Stockton and Malone played for、yeah. the Jazz. <laughs> we grew up in the like, like we were born the year that Stockton and Malone took Utah to their second ch- championship game, but they didn't win. Ninety seven, ninety eight, they went against the the Bulls and Michael Jordan, 
and lost both times. And like all like since then, the atmosphere in the entire state of Utah has been the 90s were the glory days of uh, it was like like the the 90s basketball and then culminating in the 2002 winter olympics was like oh what a time to be in utah and be like a sports and athletics fan right and then since then i feel like it's kind of dwindled a lot um yeah but i feel like it's picking back up again you know there's a lot of talk about bringing um more sports to utah um i know we're on the short list for a new baseball team and um the larry h miller foundation is really making a push to get a new baseball stadium out by Rose Park. And they're really pushing the MLB um, to get that expansion team. Um, and there's been talks of an NHL team coming to Utah as well. Yeah, so the- I think there could be a really good market for it if, you know, they just give us a chance because people love the jazz. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was saying like the, like definitely sports is like a growing industry you could say in in utah but i was just saying like utah favor of the jazz specifically has like dwindled in the last 10 15 years um but it's starting to kind of pick up again now like it 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 did pick up a lot like while donovan mitchell and like rudy gobert especially were playing because they were like fun players to watch yeah and they were like you know some of the best players to play in a while especially after like gordon hayward uh left um, and this this was all during the time where I wasn't paying attention. So what back to what I was saying, like while I played junior <laughs> jazz, um, each year your team would get tickets to go to a jazz game together. And so I can't remember how many years. I played like maybe two, maybe three years of basketball because I didn't enjoy playing it as much, mainly because I was tall and awkward. And But tall is supposed to be good for basketball. Yeah, when like you have a team that like knows – what a center is supposed to do right and (laughs) they like and you know how to get you know that your job is to get rebounds and to like finish in like the post or something um but for me it was like i was tall but i was awkward i didn't really know what to do with the ball and so if i would ever get the ball there would always be the the guard or the the uh the person who like knew how to dribble to the basket who would just take the ball away from me and they would never pass me the ball. And so it was just really boring. Like mm. all I had to do was run back and forth from the court and I like never got to score and I never got to like shoot the ball or anything. So, so I didn't play it uh, too long. Um, but each year you would, you would watch the, you go to a game and watch it. And that was always fun. It was just fun being in the arena, getting a hot dog or a drink or something and being in the atmosphere. Like I loved like shouting defense and I loved cheering and stuff. Um, but after that, I didn't pay attention. Like I, I never watched the jazz at home on TV or anything uh, up until like 2020 or 2021 when I just heard through the, the grapevine that the Utah jazz was all of a sudden number one, like the, the first seed in the playoffs and that everyone was really excited that they, they might, this might be the year that they'd go to another finals. And I was like, Oh, maybe we should, we should pay attention. And, uh, so we watched the, like all the playoff games and I think they won one series and then lost late in a second series. And then we watched the next year. And then it was right after that, that they, uh, traded, traded everybody. They blew up the team and decided that it was time for a rebuild. And that was, wasn't that around the time that Ryan Smith bought them too? Yeah. Yep, Larry H. Miller, who had owned the Jazz for a long time, sold it to this Utah startup guy. Uh, yeah, he owns Qualtrics. 
Right. Which is really big at recruiting in BYU. So uh, very familiar with that company. <laughs> yep, Ryan and Ashley Smith. And uh, and then they also got like a whole new front office management. So like they're, now their head manager is uh, Danny Ainge, who's like a really big basketball guy, who's like the reason for like this huge blow up and like cutthroat deals where he's like getting anyways like they sold traded away donovan mitchell and rudy gobert for a lot in the rudy gobert trade they got walker kessler and wait uh, i thought they drafted him walker kessler yeah no i think it was like he was drafted by minnesota maybe i can't i don't know specifically but like before he played any teams like his rookie year, he was traded to us. So he played his rookie year with us, but he wasn't drafted by us. I do know that they did get a lot of first round draft picks. Yeah, from, tons. Uh, like for the next, what, 10 years? Uh-huh. Like, like for that, for the Donovan Mitchell trade. And then last year at the trade deadline, they traded away everybody else. Um, so like they traded away Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, um and a bunch of like their bench i think like rudy gay and then the next year at the trade deadline they traded away uh mike conley who was like their last like veteran player and then some of the people that had been like um mingled with the trade from the previous year like malik beasley uh jared vanderbilt and so right now like our longest sitting player is jordan clarkson who was like our our sixth man up until 2021 um I love Jordan Clarkson. I'm going to be so sad if they trade him. Yeah? Yeah, I just... He's a fun player to watch, and I love how he does interviews with his little girl after every game. She's so cute. Um, And the Fox 13 interview is legendary. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to, like, insert, like, the, the audio clip of it here. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, one of our local news stations went down around the jazz and they were doing street or around like the stadium and they were doing street interviews and asking people how they felt about the jazz. And the lady literally interviewed Jordan Clarkson, who's on the jazz, and he didn't give it away at all. He just like answered her questions and like they asked her, like, do you go to like the jazz games a lot? And he's like, yeah, I go a lot. Like, (laughs) Mike, that just um, spell it. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. J O R D A N C L A R K S O N. Oh, uh, did you go to any jazz games? Yeah, a lot. Like, come on. <laughs> anyway, so it was like right as they were rebuilding the team that I started paying attention. And then, like, after that rebuild, they have like all really, really young players, and everyone was expecting the jazz to just tank. And the, like they have all these bad players, but the purpose is to like be at the bottom of the league so that they can have higher chances to get really good draft picks um, for the next couple of years. And then eventually either draft generational talent or use those draft picks as assets to trade for star players and eventually hope to rebuild a really good team to contend for the title later down the line. However... In the first season after the rebuild with all these young players that were thought to be essentially nobodies, they were number one in the West for like the first month of the league. And everyone's like, what What the heck's going on in Utah? And Wait, I was, was this last year or this year? Last year. Mm. And so I was, I heard that like, um, like I started listening to like some basketball podcasts, but I wasn't, I still wasn't paying attention to the jazz 
very specifically, but I heard like, oh, like something's going on in Utah. And I thought, oh, I, I kind of want to like check it out. So I bought the NBA league pass and I started watching uh, jazz games consistently. And turns out the, the Donovan Mitchell trade might not have been very good for Cleveland and might have been really beneficial for Utah. And like the Minnesota Timberwolves trade for Rudy Gobert might go down as one of the worst trades in history because (laughs) ended up getting rookie Walker Kessler, who might just be better at basketball than Rudy Gobert is and is in his first year, plus all of these other things. And like, I think Minnesota ended up benching Gobert for most of that first year with him anyways. I think he's doing better the second year. But all of a sudden we have like an all-star in Lowry Markkinen, who we got from the Chicago Bulls as part of like the the three-way deal for um, Donovan, I think, who all of a sudden is like an all-star. He wasn't like Chicago didn't give him the chances to like play, but now he comes to Utah and is just like blowing up everybody's expectations. And all of a sudden the front office, like way sooner than expected, has really fundamental like key players to build a team around and contend a lot sooner than probably anybody expected in this rebuild. And so, like, I watched the league all last year. I watched, like, all during the summer with, like, the the, the trades that were happening and, like, the predictions and the stats and everything. And I've been watching almost every game this year. Um, they switched the, the broadcasting rights for the Utah Jazz to, like, be free on... Uh, uh, like, K-Jazz. Yeah, free on, like, live television. But since we're in a... That's a whole other story. Basically, I <laughs> like we're in a basement apartment, so we don't get any of like the the antenna television. So we like tried buying like these digital antennas to like get them to work. They did not work. We bought like what five of them? Three. <laughs> I bought three. Three or four and at three tried different to, stores. Yeah, none of them worked. So then I thought I could build my own like omnidirectional antenna out of uh PVC just, like, copper aluminum and pvc and i did and it worked and it worked great and we watched that's actually how we watched the world series um Mm -hmm. games but then our landlord threw a fit and was like you can't have this outside and you can't like i we didn't have any way to like get the cord from outside into our apartment through the tv other than like opening a window and he was just mad that we had a window open and yeah i mean look it's a seven foot tall eyesore for sure. Like, I get that, but it was just kind of petty, I felt. I felt so, like, self-satisfied that I had, like, engineered this uh, solution to the problem where we can't watch games. And all of a sudden, I, like, built my own, like, antenna. And then we were getting crystal clear games. And then, but then our landlord threw a fit. So then we had to, it's, we had to pull it apart. It's sitting in pieces in our back room. We don't know what to do with it now. <laughs> Thinking maybe we could sell it on Facebook Marketplace or something and be like, this is a really good <laughs> good a good antenna but um but luckily there was another option that the the jazz ownership made for this year where you can they had their own streaming service called jazz plus where you can and so for my birthday sid uh, bought a subscription to jazz plus and so that actually it actually makes it really easy to watch the games which i really enjoy yeah it's fun i like it too Although I have to say, like, basketball is not totally my sport. I still think it's fun to watch. I really enjoy, like, watching the games with you. Like, there's been a couple of times where you will text me before you leave work and be like, oh, should we do dinner and, like, watch the jazz game tonight? And that always just makes me really, like, happy and excited. Because it's just, like, it's just another fun thing that we could do together. And even if, like, you don't, like, particularly love, 
like watching the basketball as much as I do. I just love having something to do with you. And this is another one of those things. Yeah. And it also gives me something to do between baseball season. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. You know, like right around the time that postseason is happening, like NBA is starting to pick up and then, you know, NBA goes kind of into the summer and, you know, tides me over until baseball starts. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel um, a little bit about baseball, which we can jump into and talk about because last year you were just like, oh, this is going to be a really good year to watch baseball. Yeah. um, So I think in a lot of ways... There's a lot of, well, not in a lot of ways, but just in the strategy, there's a lot of similarities between the Rangers and the Jazz franchise, um, where they kind of lay low and like trade off things for a while. And, you know, in baseball, it's a little different because you have the farm system with like AAA and AA. And so like when you draft someone, they don't go straight to the court, like they go into the farm system and you don't expect them for a few years. But um, the Rangers have been playing the long game too. Um, kind of like the jazz. And this year was the year where it was like st- where they were starting to get good. And so, you know, my dad was like giving me a heads up like, hey, like they're going to be pretty good this year. Um, but th- I mean, they were just better than anyone expected them to be. I mean, like, w- I mean, most people would have predicted that they would have been World Series contenders probably, you know, like maybe this year or even the year after. But the fact that like they went all the way this year is just like more than anyone ever expected. Like, especially with our bullpen, our bullpen was really weak and we didn't get the pieces, like the holes filled that I felt like we needed to um, by the trade deadline. So I was like pretty worried about it. And then like the first half of the season, like the hitting was really hot and I mean, we, I mean, we just had like a crazy, crazy hitting lineup, like no holes, like no relief for the pitchers that were facing them. Like there's not an easy batter on that lineup anywhere, but you know, things kind of cooled down like the second part of the season. And I remember that last series against Seattle, like in order to win the division, all we had to do was win one game against Seattle and we literally got swept and tied <laughs> with Houston and Houston had the tiebreaker. So we got the wild card spot. And yeah, I remember that. It's like we either have to win <laughs> against Seattle or was it the Arizona Diamondbacks have to beat Like have Houston? to sweep Houston or something. And, and that game, like it was like clear that, okay, we're not going to win this game. <laughs> And the commentators were like, and unfortunately, Arizona's not helping us out either. <laughs> yeah, it was like Arizona slaughtered them. And so, yeah, it was just, it was sad because I was like, um, yeah, I was just like went out with a whimper, like the end of the season. And I texted my dad and I was like, all right, we got like the wild card spot. We've been on like this big losing streak. We're probably going to get knocked out by Tampa Bay like the first round, but you know, no one expected us to like do what we did this year. And like, I remember with like the all-star game, like half of the starting lineup were Rangers. I remember that. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, um, no one expected us to do what we did this season. Um, so I'm just happy with where we're at and hopefully next year we'll be better. And then they just slaughtered Tampa Bay. It was so bad that like, Tampa Bay's own fans were booing them from the stands. So then I was like, okay, like maybe like like we did okay there, but you know, the Orioles had the best record in the league and like they're going to kill us. They've been hot. Like 
the last little bit and then we swept the Orioles and then I was like okay like now we're playing Houston and I don't know about other Rangers fans but I know a lot of Rangers fans were like this is our World Series like who cares what happens like in the actual World Series like we have to beat Houston there is so so much bad blood in between like between the two clubs especially after the whole uh trash can World Series cheating scandal (laughs) from the Houston Astros um the Trashtros, as I like to call them. And I think that, uh, what's his face? Altuve? Altuve and uh, Bergman. I want to say Bretman, but I know it's not. (laughs) I'm thinking of Bretman Rock. Um, Bergman, whatever. They're smug little assholes. And so... (laughs) (laughs) Altuve's a girl. (laughs) Oh my gosh. The uh, jokes about him having iPad time. Oh yeah. (laughs) Because he looks like a toddler. Anyways, um, yeah. That was nice. That was a great win. I thought it was so interesting that during that series, the ALCS, nobody, neither team, won a home game. Yeah. It just so happened that since that since there were more there there were four home games for Houston and only three home games for the Texas Rangers, that the Rangers won those four away because the Rangers were undefeated on the road during the entire postseason and you know that houston only had the home field advantage because the rangers got swept by seattle that last week uh-huh. of the series and ended up getting the wild card spot instead of you know winning the division um so that ended up working out to our advantage and you know there was the whole thing with um oh my gosh not adrian beltre um adolis garcia where um oh yeah (laughs) yeah where didn't they hit him yeah they um they hit him and then he just like hit the game winning grand slam yeah i remember i can't remember exactly what happened i know it's been during it's been several months but there was like some drama where like he got hit by a pitch and like charged them out or something or like did something oh no no everyone came out from the benches i don't think that i don't think they like actually fist fight i don't think anyone threw a punch but i think but everyone like cleared the the The, dugouts yeah the dugouts yeah like every like the dugouts cleared out and everyone came on the field and i think the pitcher got ejected and garcia didn't he get ejected too i can't remember remember. remember okay i gotta look this up everybody like like the next game when Adolis Garcia took the plate to when he was at bat, everybody in Houston was booing him. And then he hit a grand slam or something like he definitely hit. He like hit home run after home run after grand slam and just like demolished the Astros that entire series and went on to be MVP. Wasn't he MVP in the World Series? Uh, the just the ALCS because he got injured like within the first or second game of the world series and so he didn't play much but Corey seager oh Corey seager I he forgot. was mvp and he's the only player to be mvp in like two different teams for the world series yeah and anyway it was so funny that uh just so funny so like awesome to watch about how these all these astro fans are booing adolis garcia and then he just owns them like so much so that there are all of these memes that I loved after the 
that series about like if you people had like gone into like the Houston Astros Wikipedia page and they had changed the ownership information. So if you Googled who owns the Houston Astros, it would the, come the Google up, yeah. solution would come up and say Adolis Garcia owns the Houston Astros. <laughs> that was Shep's kiss. That was so <laughs> hilarious. Oh man. And like it was such a bad um game or such a bad series for Houston that their head coach who had just come out of retirement to take them to try to take them to another world series went back into retirement. Oh didn't he? yeah. Dusty Baker. I don't know if he like came out of retirement cause that was the Rangers, uh, manager, uh, Bruce Bochy. He's the one that came out of retirement. Oh, that's um, right. but Dusty Baker did retire and I don't know if it was necessarily <laughs> like because of that. That's just what everyone like joked about because, um, yeah, he called it quits. But you do have to give Dusty Baker credit because he did take the Hughes, the Astros to the World Series like multiple times in a row. And so he did a good job managing them. Yeah, there was this clip um, going around of uh, like when Houston won their um, division championship. Like they were celebrating and they were all like all the team was saying like speech, speech. And uh, Dusty Baker was like, I'm not going to give my speech tonight. You're going to have to like wait until we win the American League or whatever. And then it was like after the Amer- after the Rangers beat them in the American League championship, it was like Dusty Baker never ended up giving that speech. He's now living out his days in like a retirement home or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I found out what the drama was. Like I I've I remember now. Okay. So in game 5, which was a Texas home game, Texas was behind, and then Adolis Garcia hit a three-run home run, and then he flipped his bat, like, when he threw it while he was running, which is considered kind of bad form and could be a little bit sassy, but sometimes it's just, like, the way that you, like, toss your bat to the side when you run because you're not going to, like, carry it while you run around, right? Right. Um, And so they weren't happy about that because now they were losing, and then the next time he was at bat, he did get hit by the pitch and he was like oh that was on purpose for sure because like the catcher when he came around the bases from the three-run home run was like up in his face and like was like standing up and like standing in front of like home plate and like getting in his face and like clearly wasn't happy about it so like they think that he signaled to the pitcher to hit him um and then of course like he wasn't happy about it and the rangers did go on to lose that game and so then it came back to uh, Texas, or it came back, I mean, it was all in Texas, but it came back to Dallas, um, where uh, that's when Adolis Garcia, like, hit that grand slam and um, just went crazy, like... It would have been the other way around, because they, it was, they lost the game in Arlington, right? Because they only won on the road. And then oh, yeah, 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 to- you're right. So they went back to Houston, and then um, they were actually losing most of the game, and I don't think it was until, like, the eighth inning that or like ninth inning even that like Adolis Garcia hit that grand slam and then the game after that so game seven where like they were tied like three and three and whoever wins this game goes to the world series like Adolis Garcia just hit home run after home run and like definitively pummeled the Astros and that was truly beautiful and a spiritual experience for me so who did they play in the was it the Phillies that they played in the World Series? The Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, okay. I- um, And they beat them. Yeah, in five. 
In five, yeah. Didn't even go to six or seven games. Like, And what's awesome is that like I made that prediction because I was like, we are undefeated on the road. Like, we're going to like sweep them at home. And I, you didn't think that was the case. Your dad, who's also like a huge Rangers fan, didn't think that was the case. And I was like, I've been watching the entire postseason. We are really good on the road for some reason. We're going to sweep them when they're at home. And it's going to be Rangers in five. And what happened? Rangers in five. Rangers in five. I just like, I mean, you got to give... You got to give the Diamondbacks credit, right? Because, like, they were also the underdogs, like the Rangers, going into the World Series. Um, no one thought they would get that far. And they were really hot. And they were playing, like, just as well as we were um, up until that point. And I honestly thought the Diamondbacks were going to take it. I Like, going into it, I was like, I'm not sure that this is the Rangers' year. The Diamondbacks are playing really well. And, like, they have the same strengths and weaknesses that we have and. Like, our biggest weakness, the bullpen, I think theirs is a little less weak than ours is. So, um, I really thought they were going to take it, but I'm not upset. I just, like, I don't know. Them finally winning it was, like, super weird for me because, you know, I've been waiting, like, almost my entire life for this moment. And I just was kind of, like... Well, it happened. (laughs) Yeah, well, it happened, but, like, you know, like I said, like you know, my like quote unquote world series was like playing Houston because just like so many years of bad blood coming to a head and stuff. Um, like winning that series, I think meant more to me than like getting the world series title. And after that, like me and my dad were like, we don't care what happens in the world series. Like we (laughs) kicked Houston's trash. Like that's enough for us. (laughs) Yeah. I bet had it been some other team in the ALCS, then the World Series would have meant way more. Right. But the fact that you had beat Houston in the postseason meant more than actually winning it all at the World Series. Right. So And so, yeah, when it finally happened, I was like, okay, like, that happened. But I feel like <laughs> Game 7 of the ALCS, I was like, yeah! Yeah. Like, I told you I was going to be so obnoxious if that happened, and I feel like I was. Yeah, it was... It was definitely almost an underwhelming victory in the World Series because everyone was just riding the high of trashing the Houston Astros. Yeah. I remember it was the the NLCS was between Arizona Diamondbacks and the Phillies, right? And the right? Phillies, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And we have friends, friends of the pod, CJ and Laurel, who are on a previous episode. Um, they live in, in Arizona. And we told them, like... Like while the NLCS was going on, hey, if the if Arizona ends up beating the Phillies, we might need to come down and visit you and go to one of the world the World Series games in Phoenix. Right. And, and that happened. My dad's cousin or not my dad's, my mom's cousin also lives in uh lives in Arizona and he was looking into like getting us tickets and my dad was like, Could you make like a surprise road trip? And I was like, Yeah, for this, but the tickets were just way more than like we thought they were going to be. Yeah, we couldn't find like nosebleed seats for less than three times what we were willing to pay. Right. And we were just like, wow, I, I guess, yeah, it's the World Series. Like, obviously, these are going to be expensive. But we were like, like, for sure, we're going to do this. And then we were just shocked that we were so priced out. But yeah, I think... Maybe if we had, like, gotten a little bit earlier, but I don't know. We'll have to save up. I mean, the Rangers are going to be good for years to come. Yeah, let's cross our fingers that the Rangers are 
like title contenders for the next several years so that hopefully in a few years we can go to a, a Rangers World Series game. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about this next year, though, because um, Bally Sports has like really screwed us over with that deal. And we haven't been able to make the postseason moves that I think we need to make in order to like, you know, be as good as we were last year. So I'm a little worried about this next year, but I don't think we're going to be bad. I just don't think we're going to be great, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I told you, um, cause like we both love the East coast. Like we used to live in New York city. We're hoping to like move back out there at some point. And I've said like, I would love to get into baseball, um, more, especially like if you're in New York, like either the Mets or the Yankees, like just going to, cause last year when we went to visit New York, we went to a Yankees game and that was just so fun. Like mm-hmm. obviously fuck the Yankees. <laughs> everybody hates the Yankees but like going to a Yankees game in New York is is a lot of fun and just and they were playing it was a Red Sox Yankees like rival game and like it was also Aaron Judge um it was near the end of the season and Aaron Judge was close to the record for the most home runs so every time Aaron Judge like got up to bat everyone was like holding their breath like is this gonna be it and he didn't hit a home run yeah he he, uh, either struck out or got caught out each time he was at bat, but but it was just so fun. And I, I, I was telling you, like, jokingly, like, if the Rangers don't win the World Series this year, they've lost their opportunity to win me over as a fan. And then when we end up on the East Coast, I'll probably be a Mets fan or something. <laughs> like, but like, but I was saying, like, it will be it will be really hard to not be a Rangers fan from here on out if they were win the World Series, which sounds like super bandwagony, but it was just like it was the first year that I ever really paid attention to professional baseball. And that's very memorable that like I got to watch the season with you and it ended up winning <laughs> against Houston and winning the World Series. It was just so fun. It like, was. I I watched kind of off and on with you like during the regular season just because some series like were really boring. Like it's really hard for me to sit through nine innings of nobody hitting or nobody scoring. Right. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I really like basketball is because like it's very ADHD friendly. <laughs> like everybody's trying to do something with the ball at all times and you're, you're attempting to score and you're missing and you're getting rebounds and there's fouls happening and it's very fast paced. Whereas well, we did, baseball is very methodically slow paced. We did have a crazy offense this year. And so there was usually a lot going on. So I'm sure that probably helped you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so even though like I, was kind of off and on paying attention during the regular season. I watched every postseason game with you, um, except yeah. for the the like. There were a couple of times where we were away, like like out of town or something, and so we would listen. Like if we didn't watch the game, we listened to the game together. I loved. Um, like sometimes it would happen. Uh, it would like be during some of my classes because I have I had afternoon classes that semester and I sat on the back row of most of my classes um and a lot of people would have like their phones propped up on their laptops or they'd have the game pulled up on their laptops and all of us (laughs) like there would be a, a few people across the room and all of us would just be like watching the playoffs like I think there were some Philly fans um in my class and um just like, you know, people who are interested in the playoffs in general and like the teacher would be lecturing at the front and like half of the class would just be like staring at like um four or five screens like across the the classroom. It was a lot of fun. 
Did you say like you would like show up within your like blue Rangers shirt that you got like because we, we went to a Rangers game together a couple of years ago when we right. went and visited your family in um, Arlington when they were still trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and everyone was just like shocked that you were like a Rangers fan. Yeah. I mean, most people don't expect it because, you know, born and raised in Utah, like you wouldn't know unless you knew that my dad's from Arlington. Um so yeah, and then you know, a girl likes baseball, like that's not super typical as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was always fun too, because I would come into class and I would just hear people like trash talking the Astros and they're like, I just hope it's not the Astros this year. Like I am like a Phillies fan or whatever, and I just I don't care what happens as long as the Astros don't win. And so that was really fun because everyone was like watching the Rangers Astros series too and like rooting for the Rangers because they wanted the Astros to lose like just as much as I did. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I remember um, during that time I was tutoring a couple different people and, and even earlier, like before like the postseason, like there was a couple students that I tutor that were like either really into baseball, but not that, that didn't like the, the Rangers or weren't very in much into baseball, but also hated the Astros. And like this, the general sentiment between all of these people and, and, and even people I talk to at work is we all win when the Astros lose. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. I just love that like one thing can bring all of America together except for Houston. And that is hatred, mutual hatred for the Astros. I kind of feel like they've become like the New York Yankees of baseball because the New York Yankees suck now. But it used to be like everyone hated the Yankees because Yankees fans can be really obnoxious when they're winning. Um, but they haven't been winning for like the last 10 years. So now it's kind of become Houston, yeah, um, which is fun. So since you started watching the Jazz over the last couple of years, who would you say your favorite player to watch has been? Okay, that's a good question. I... I don't feel like I have a favorite player because I I think there are I think there are, are people who pay attention to basketball who they watch a, a team and they fall in love with a player and like oh I, this player is so entertaining I love it when they like do really well and if they get traded then they follow that player to the, a team right um, but you know I've only been watching the Jazz really seriously for like the last two years um, and they do have some really really like up and coming like star players. But like it doesn't feel like the the team is like centered around them, right? It mm-hmm. like if say like Lowry Mark and it like so for example when Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert left, like those were two really fun players to watch. Like like dominating offense and dominating defense. But when they left to Cleveland and Minnesota, like I didn't have any inclination to to f- to follow them and watch Cavaliers games or watch Timberwolves games. Um and same thing with like Utah right now. I just feel like the way that the that Utah sets up their team is very like for so so for example um, this year Utah is like one of the highest scoring teams in the league. I think they just like are tied for either third or fourth um, in league history for the most games where they score more than 120 points, and the like the third place team or, some, or something hasn't been since like 1983 or something. And part of the reason why they're so high scoring is because you have a really like well-rounded starting lineup and a really deep bench where when they're scoring, it's because 
five, six, seven players are all in double digits points wise. And like, you're not playing like, oh, like this one player dominates. Like obviously Lowry Markkinen, Jordan Clarkson, like very regularly have 20 plus, 30 plus point games. But when that happens, usually Walker Kessler, uh, Kelly Olenek, John Collins, Colin Sexton, all these players also have 10 plus, 20 plus point games. And it's just incredible. I think they're they were undefeated until very recently that when they had five players in double digits that they they would win. And it was just recently that they had like six players in double digits and still lost. But like, it's just so fun because they don't have any like weird, like I think it's boring if you watch like, um, like the Warriors or something where you have like a really star guard who would bring the ball to half court and then would do like isolation where like the, the rest of the offense would kind of draw the defense away and then it would just be like, all right, the guard would just do some crazy ball handling and try to drive to the basket. And it's kind of like hero ball is what I've heard people call it. I just feel like it's boring because it's like, I mean, if you have a really good player that's fun to watch and you're a fan of that player, then that's like a fun style to, to watch because you get to see your player put his skills on display. It's like the basketball equivalent of pass to the Italians. What does that mean? Oh my gosh. I keep on forgetting that you haven't seen that movie. What movie is it? Kicking and Screaming. Oh. Oh my gosh, Josh, okay. we have to watch that one. I'm going to go let's, crazy. Let's put a pin in that. I've You've tried to show me that movie like three times and I've fallen asleep each time. I know. I'm so mad at you. But hey, to be fair, that was when we were dating and I was working graveyard shifts at UPS every day. So so whenever we date, whenever we'd like hang out, like I'd fall asleep pretty early. Um, anyway, um but yeah, I'm not a big fan of like the the hero ball type of play. But I love it when like you have a guard that is like a decision maker or a playmaker who can like create offense and then these other like players move the ball around and create really like engaging, creative, like sometimes visually stunning uh acts of offense. Like lobs and dunks and alley-oops and and like moving the ball around to catch like open threes and um and the and the jazz have been really good at that especially like they they had a really rough start this year especially like we started off like four wins and 11 losses and then went to like nine and 16 or or something um but then and and part of that is because we had some in like uh, Walker Kessler was injured. I think Jordan Clarkson was injured. Larry Markinen was injured. And um, we have a bunch of new players. Like we have three first round rookies and we have like John Collins, who we got um, from Atlanta last year. And they're just trying to figure out, okay, who should start, who should play around at which position we're like fighting for like the guard position. Like who's going to be our starting guard because we have Jordan Clarkson. We have Colin Sexton. We have Chris Dunn. Um, we have Taylor Horton Tucker, and it's like okay, and then who's who is gonna, now basically permanently <laughs> yeah, benched? <laughs> and who's going to come off the bench? So, we, so like, and Coach Hardy, who's like Will Hardy's. This is only his second year with the Jazz. We were thinking, okay, well, or he was obviously thinking, how do we play with these lineups to figure out what's going to work best for us? Do we play zone defense? Do we play man to man? Like, like, how are we going to like figure this out? And so, like, the first couple months of the the league the, or the season this year. Uh, we were losing most of our games. But then all of the players got healthy. They figured out what their starting lineup is going to be. And as soon as they started playing the same starting lineup, the same people coming off the bench, they went like, they're winning nine out of 10 games for the past like 20 games. And um, 
and not only that, but like they're they're playing 120 plus point games like consecutively. Um, and they went from like near the bottom of the uh, of the Western Conference standings to all of a sudden they're in the they're um, right now they're in the play in spot. But they're only what's crazy is they're I think they're 20 they're 23 and 22 now. So like the so like barely winning like just yeah. over 500. So like yeah we went from like a really abysmal losing record to just passing 500. So now we have a winning record. But even though like we're right around 500, we're only three games away from the number four spot in the West. Mm-hmm. Like number four is like 26 and 22 or something um, or 26 and 19 or, or however it is. Um, and if we keep playing as like, as we have been for the past 16 games, if we keep that win percentage up, we might end up being number four in the West come playoffs. And then we might actually contend, especially because the trade deadline is uh, in two weeks or a week and a half. And we still have no idea like what's going to happen, if we're going to be buyers, if we're going to be sellers. Like nobody has very much of uh, an idea of what's happening inside the mind of Danny Ainge. Like if we're going to try buying big to get like a good star player to build around Larry Markinen to actually contend for a title this year or if we're going to wait. So it's like, it's just going to be a very interesting year like to keep watching the jazz. Yeah. I'm going to be sad if they like blow up the team again and like just try to rebuild. Like yeah. they've already done that once and they're already in a really good spot. I think now is the time to like spend the big bucks and like really go for it. We have so much capital too. Like uh, last year at the trade deadline, I mean, I don't know exactly how how a lot of it works, but it sounds like what happened at the at last year with the the Mike Conley trade is it was a three team trade where we sent Mike Conley to Minnesota. Minnesota sent somebody, I think it might have been D'Angelo Russell, to the Los Angeles Lakers, and then the Lakers sent Russell Westbrook to us. Which, when I found out <laughs> that happened, I was excited because Russell Westbrook is like a franchise player, and he has like the all-time record for I th- I think it's all-time record if not he's one of the leading like leaderboard members for triple doubles in league history which I thought was exciting because at the time and up until just recently Utah Jazz has the longest triple double drought in the entire league like nobody and if you don't know what a triple double is it just means that a single player puts up double digit stats in three different stat categories like for example 10 plus points 10 plus assists uh 10 plus rebounds is probably the most common and nobody since 2008 on the jazz during the regular season had done a triple double but russell westbrook coming to the jazz oh he's definitely going to give us a triple double he's going to like play really well but like the way that it ended up happening was that he didn't play for a game for utah and instead was traded immediately to the Clippers. And so I was thinking, what the heck? So we traded Mike Conley for nothing? Like we traded Mike Conley just for Russell Westbrook to go from the LA Lakers to the LA Clippers? I was like, what the heck? But like, I guess I still don't super understand it, but it sounds like the like from the way like your dad and like other people have tried to explain it is that Russell Westbrook's contract was traded to us and then we got money like I don't know if it's the money that LA would have paid to Russell Westbrook had he continued to play for him 
or playing for the Lakers or something. But we ended up getting money from the... Oh, you know what I bet it was? What? Like, I don't know. I'm just speculating here based on stuff that I know from other things. But I bet what happened is like, you know, they traded his contract to us. But what... Because Russell Westbrook is kind of a little bitch sometimes, right? And he just (laughs) like only plays for the teams that he like wants to play for and if he's not vibing with it he just like begs to be traded to somewhere else so i wonder if he like wanted to go to the clippers or something um and in order for that to happen like you either need to get traded or maybe they just bought out his contract and we're like we'll just give you like the value of the contract or whatever and then you know you release him and then he can come play for us and i bet that's what happened is the clippers were like we'll just give you like you know 15 million or like whatever the rest of the contract is worth like we'll give you the cash for it and then just release him and let him come play for us that would be my guess so just yeah it seemed like first because it sounded like well that's not beneficial to us mike collins one of our best players we trade him away we don't get anything Mm -hmm. but it it does seem like what ended up happening is we ended up getting more capital to make it more enticing for players to come because all of a sudden now we have more like draft picks we also have more money available to give star players like a big con like salaried contract right and so so it's it's gonna be interesting like and like every time we go up to your like visit your parents we always like watch some jazz games with your dad and like talking with him he's definitely more knowledgeable because he's been like a sports fan for a lot longer he's more knowledgeable about the ins and outs of trades and trade values and um and like buying and selling and stuff. And so, um, but for me, it's like, I just like to watch, <laughs> I just like to watch a team play basketball. And, and obviously it's fun when they, when they win and it's disappointing when they lose, but like, even when they lose, like I have a lot of fun watching because it's, uh, and I like that they play two, three, four times a week sometimes that I can just like come home in, in the evenings, turn it on. And it's like, it's really entertaining to just to, to watch what happens. Right. And and the fact that there's like all this kind of like extra exciting like drama <laughs> happening with the team is like fun. But no matter what happens, it's it's I'm really excited for the rest of the season and for next year. Yeah, so. it'll definitely be fun for these franchises for the next few years. So uh, oh, it's a good time. I forgot to mention, like since like I've been like I've I've been watching the Jazz more, and you've been watching games with me, like for like our first date night of the year. We went to a jazz game in person together. Yeah, and that, that was, was a lot fun. of fun. Mm-hmm. We went. Um, I was like a little nervous because because we were like, let's go on like um, a date night, and it was like my turn to plan it, and I was like, well, I kind of want to go to a jazz game, but I don't know if you'd if that if you would be uh, like if you would enjoy that that idea. But you were like, yeah, like I'd love that. Uh, so we got tickets. The Raptors. Yeah, and we went and saw them play against the Toronto Raptors, and that was just. What an incredible game to like go see in person. One, because it was in the middle of this like really hot, like unexpected win streak um, where they ended up winning like eight games or nine games in a row at home and like six straight like games home or away. And like we had just beat the like Giannis on the combo at with the Milwaukee Bucks. We beat Nikola Jokic with the Denver Nuggets, who are the con- like defending world champions. And um, we beat the 76ers and we beat the Miami Heat and like all of these teams that are supposed to be really good, like contenders we, we beat. So it's just like exciting to go. And all of like the players that I like watching are healthy. Nobody's injured and everybody played well. 
and it was just a really fun date. And then after we went and got drinks, and it was just a really fun date, and I, I loved it a lot. Yeah, me too. Well, Bobby, anything else you would like to say? Um, thanks for participating. It really means a lot. <laughs> go Rangers. Rangers for life. Let's go Utah. Do they have like a, do either team have like a, trademarked like fan roll call mm. you know what is it alabama they say roll tide roll tide <laughs> um no i think it's changed over the years for the rangers like um when they were making their first world series run it was like antlers like because they had like speed like a deer or whatever and so i when i went to that playoffs game with my dad um where they beat the yankees um I remember walking out of the stadium to find my grandpa who was picking us up and a drunk guy yelled in my face, antlers! <laughs> it like freaked me out because I was like a 12-year-old girl. Um, but he was just drunk and excited. But um, yeah, I think last year their motto was kind of like go and take it or whatever. So I think it changes. Oh, yeah. Now, when you said that, that reminded me. I think the... So like when Ryan Smith, Ryan and Ashley Smith took over the jazz ownership they did this huge rebrand, like they changed because like the jazz color palette was really ve- big variety, like extensive. Um, and they wanted to consolidate it to like have like one simple like brand. And so like they got rid of like all the colors and they just stuck with like a black logo and black and yellow. The jerseys, highlighter yellow. Which is just so, oh, I hate the so minimalist. It's bad. so ugly. But then they and this was right after those Nike City Connect jerseys that had like the red, orange, yellow, which were so cool. Yeah, like like they're supposed to be like the Red Rocks, Southern Utah colors. Yeah, um, like, like I do think like Utah Jazz jerseys have been from the eighties um, in or the seventies in New Orleans up until twenty twenty uh, have been really good. Like lots of cool colors. I like because it's like. It started out like essentially the New Orleans jazz and it was Mardi Gras themed like colors and stuff. So like purple and green and yellow and blue, like imagine like Mardi Gras beads. And even when it came to Utah, Utah's not known for Mardi Gras or jazz, but they stuck with the colors and then they incorporated like the mountains of Utah. So there was like purple and blue with like the white mountains, which is iconic, especially since those were the jerseys that... Like Carl Malone and John Stockton took to the world stage in the the finals against Michael Jordan. So those are iconic, like in Utah. But then even like the blue and white um, and the green jerseys for the next 10, 15 years were really good looking. And then as you're saying, the city edition jerseys where they like took inspiration from the Red Rocks of Southern Utah. It's just cool. It's cool. I love how there's like a big variety. And then, and then we sudden, go to a highlighter yellow. Yeah, Ryan Smith's like, nope, get rid of the the logo get rid of all those other colors we're gonna stick with black and yellow and the yellow I bet is like ashley ugly. smith is like a sad beige mom yeah like where she like spray paints all of her kids toys to Ye- to match her aesthetic uh. <laughs> anyway hopefully they uh they take um they hopefully it's n- noted for them how poorly received that rebrand was oh i think it was because they pulled it back and started going retro 90s like almost immediately yeah at least this year we have we do have a vintage like jersey where it's very like almost identical to the the original like 70s mardi gras jersey we have a kind of reimagined 90s 
jersey where it's similar to like the purple logo with the white mountains, except it's kind of updated. I think that's actually our City Connect jersey. And then and then we have like the other ones. But the really ugly highlighter yellow jersey isn't on our schedule for the rest of the year. (laughs) So I think everybody hates it so much. And like obviously like one of the things like the motivations for jerseys is jersey sales. And if no fans are buying jerseys, like you're going to want to change it to something that fans are going to want to buy. And I bet nobody bought like those yellow ones. Yeah. When we went to the jazz store, they were nowhere to be found. It was just like the cool, like purple ones and the Mardi Gras colors. And then those like super dope windbreakers. Oh yeah. Like the, like the retro, like actual nineties logo windbreakers. Right. If anyone wants to buy me one of those windbreakers, I'm down. (laughs) They're like what two hundred bucks? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and then, uh, and then just last week, I actually painted my nails Utah Jazz. I I thought I tried to paint them like the purple and like orangish brown f- first, and they ended up just looking like Halloween. And I was like, I don't want these to look Halloween. So then I got rid of them and I went purple, blue, and orange, like purple, light blue, and kind of like a burnt orange. And now they look really jazzy. Yeah, they look cool. Well. I think that's about all we got for today. I could keep talking, but we are past wrap time. So. Yeah, I could keep talking too, but uh, it's getting close to my bedtime. Yep. Because I have a real job. Okay. Well, thank you for recording this episode with me. Thank you for watching the jazz with me. And thank you for introducing me to the Rangers in a, a World Series year. <laughs> oh, yeah. My pleasure. This has been another episode of Thanks for Participating. I've been Josh. And she's been Sydney. And <laughs> once again, thank you for listening. Look, that. I'm just reading from the thing you sent me, okay? Uh, but obviously, <laughs> if you're the one reading the wrap-up, you need to change it. Oh my, okay, continue. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at josh underscore is underscore rich. And you can find her at dip your chicken. You can find the pod at tfp underscore pod on Instagram and on TikTok as well as TFP underscore show on Twitter. And no, I will not be calling it X. You can support the show by ordering some podcast merch. The link to our tea public store is in the show notes. You can send us mail to participating.podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from our fans. Please rate and review the show on iTunes slash Apple podcast slash Spotify. 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 No. Okay. Shut up. This is not your time. Cover art is by Vaishon Brandon at Vaishon Designs on Instagram. Music is by Mitch Fry at Firefry underscore on Instagram or Mitch Fry Music on YouTube. Thanks again for listening. It really does mean a lot to us. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And as always, thanks for participating. And thanks for cheering when the Astros lose. Amen. Amen.